Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I talk to Chase Rayner. He is a YouTuber that focuses on SEO, and we go deep into his history and figure out how he got into SEO, how he got into building websites, and then, of course, into YouTube. He's currently rolling out a massive SEO checklist as well as videos that accompany each piece of that checklist. That's kind of the basis of our conversation, even though I found myself going into all sorts of tangents with Chase here. So hopefully you'll get as much out of the conversation as I did with Chase and do check out his YouTube channel, check out his website so you can get that checklist. I think his new videos, these short form videos are going to be very helpful, especially to people that are brand new to SEO. And even if you're not, I think it could be interesting from a marketing standpoint, how he positions these videos and the checklist to help build his email list and marketing funnel overall. So let's get to the interview with Chase. Hey, Chase, how's it going today, man? Going good. Happy to be here. And, you know, we, we've only talked a couple times, and I, I don't know if I told you before, but when I was trying to get started on YouTube, I, I think I stalked you for a little while <laughs> trying to see what you were working on. So that was kind of my first exposure. I was like, oh, man, this dude's making some pretty good videos. And, like, for the people that don't know you at all, who is Chase? What do you do? What are you working on these days? Yeah, so I guess the best way to tell the story short would be I mainly work on SEO audits. So I spend most of my time identifying on-page SEO issues. I try to stay as much as I can away from link building um, just because I like focusing on where the users are rather than where they're not going to be looking like, for instance, most people are not going to see a link. So I really like uh, looking at like conversion rates, you know, bounce rates, Google analytics stuff, and as well, just anything that Google's going to create an algorithm around. I like to um, kind of decrypt what, what's there and, you know, how do we improve a website with what they're telling us to do? Cool. So you're doing a pretty decent amount of client work. I would take it then, huh? I was. So for a while I was doing about, I think I had about 20 to 25 clients at my peak. I was running an SEO agency. I never really got the agency thing completely figured out. I kind of downsized that. I still work with clients. So I have about, um, I usually do about two to three clients per month. And um, the budget for those clients is usually about 2,500. But I mainly focus on local. I really like local. And I, 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 doc, I try to document as much as what I, as much as I can about what I do on YouTube. So um, right now I'm doing a new YouTube series where I'm going from the beginner SEO audit where, you know, we, we got a $297 payment for an audit, for a local audit, a simple audit. And then um, we're going through the implementations through the payment. We got the payment for $2,500 and then we're going to go through the, um, you know, we're, we're, we just got through the Google Analytics stuff where we're tracking all the phone calls, contact form submits. And so I'm just walking people through over the shoulder how to do this stuff. And, and most of the money I make these days is actually um, people watch the videos, me, me showing them how to do this stuff. And then, you know, if they want to go join a membership that I have and join Zoom calls and, and join my courses, then that's kind of how I make most of my money. Got it. And how did you get started in SEO at all? 
So initially, it's funny because if you bring it way back, I, I remember I got fired from a sushi restaurant and I had two places that I applied for. It was Radio Shack and Taco Bell. And I was like 19 years old at the time. I'm 27 now. And I remember I got hired by Radio Shack, thank God. And while I was at Radio Shack, I was kind of looking or I was, you know, playing around with websites. I was watching these YouTube videos and I was like, oh, I can create a website. And I remember somebody came in one day. It was like somebody that I, I my, my parents knew. And they, for whatever reason, they were talking about a website. And I was talking about, oh, I was trying to build my own website. And they're like, oh, well, we need a website. And I was like, oh, cool. And then basically, I started helping them build their website. I didn't know anything about how to do it. I just kind of said yes. And that's kind of been my story in life is like, I look at something that I probably don't know how to do, but I tell people, yeah, sure, I'll figure it out. And I think that's kind of the cool thing about SEO is, you know, you're never going to really know the exact answer, but um, you can figure it out. Or Lucy, you can give your best bet. I got an offer to help them with their website and work for their company um, part-time. And they eventually asked me for SEO. And I was like, what is SEO? So I got this book and I just started diving into it. And I was just like obsessed with it, Doug. I was like every single day. I was like, after that book, I remember I read through it in like a day and I was every day, I was just reading blog posts. And I was just like, what is going on here? Like, how, how do you make money online and how do you do SEO? And, and, uh, and I just became obsessed with it and I kind of fell into that rabbit hole. I'm sure like a lot of people do when they learn about SEO, I started joining communities. I was waking up at like 3am just to get on um, Q and a sessions with people in Australia. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of how I got into it. And that was circa 2012, 2013, roughly. Yeah. So I might've actually gotten like one year off. I think I was about 20, I might've been 20 to 21. I don't remember the exact dates, but um, okay. I've been doing this stuff for about six years now. So I think I might've gotten a couple years off. Gotcha. Pretty cool. Yeah. And you hear a lot of people, I'm sure there's folks that you run across where they build a site and then they end up in, in the rabbit hole. So it really sucked you in, I guess. Now, when did you start publishing on YouTube? After I got that first kind of SEO client, and I, I remember we ranked them for their brand keywords. I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, you guys are ranking for your own website name. And it was like a huge deal for me. <laughs> and I thought that's what SEO was, right? Even though I was re- learning all this stuff about it, I was like, oh, I'm so good. I'm literally an SEO pro. Like, whoever wants, uh, you know, my help, you can come (laughs) contact me. But I wasn't like, I wasn't doing YouTube videos or anything. And what happened is um, I started trying to rank my own website for computer repair. Because what happened is while I was at Radio Shack, people started asking me for help with their computers. And Radio Shack at the time, you know, they don't, they didn't fix computers. And so I would get work. And I was like, oh, well, what if I could rank for, for computer repair locally and start getting people contacting me for computer repair, then I can make like $20 an hour. And like, that would be insane. Cause at the time, $20 an hour was like so much money for me. And I remember I, I, I wound up getting so close to ranking, but I didn't, I, I gave up because I was like, no, I just love SEO. I don't even want computer repair. So I switched over. Um, and this is actually, by the way, I messed up somebody's computer in the process. That's when I kind of like was done with it. Cause I, so I got somebody's like $3,000 gaming computer and I, I messed up one of the components and it was like fried, but it was under manufacturer warranty. Um, or had some sort of warranty and, and we wound up fixing it. But I was just like, that scared the heck out of me. And I'm like, I'm never doing this again. So I, uh, I switched over to SEO. I ranked, I outranked everybody for SEO. Uh, I was number one and I was like, yes, now I'm going to get all these clients, but nobody was calling. I'm like, what the heck? There's like 300 searches a month for this keyword. 
And then I was looking at Google Trends and it's like, you know, one big spike in November, one big spike in like July. And I realized that the people, those big spikes are just like people that are trying to SEO during those certain times. And then like, that's why the, the searches were high. So I was like, darn it. And so I remember I was on Craigslist because I was about to get kicked out of my house because I wasn't making any money because I was just like so obsessed with SEO and I wasn't working. And I just only wanted to focus on SEO. And, uh, and I went on Craigslist and I looked up SEO jobs, Santa Barbara. And there was this one company that was advertising. I didn't even know who it was. I was just, you know, copy and pasting on Craigslist. Hey, you know, I don't have a college degree. I don't have this, but, um, you know, I'm outranking everybody in Santa Barbara. And this one company was like, come in for an interview. And I got hired by them. I gave them their rankings back. And while I was there, what I did is I started a podcast and I started a, the YouTube channel. And that's when I actually started talking about SEO. But for the first year, I was kind of just all over the place. I did like a couple local SEO tutorials. I was only posting like once, maybe a month. And then I left the agency and I was like, you know what? I have $7,000 in my bank. I'm living in a garage. I'm going to make it happen. And I just started doing SEO videos every day. I was doing like four or five hours of videos every day, just live streaming. And I'm just like, I'm just going to make it happen. And eventually like it took me a long time and I wound up like being very close to, to moving back into my mom's and, and uh, you know, getting another job. But I remember there was like, I had about $800 left in my bank and I was in this, in the garage. I was all sweaty. There was no air conditioning. There's no windows, no light. Um, there wasn't even a bathroom. I had to walk like outside and I had to go through like this, um, this, like this area to get to the bathroom. And even in the bathroom, like it was just disgusting. There was like, uh, like this weird, like uh, insect infestation in there. And we had to stuff tissue down in the, the um, like through all the cracks so they wouldn't crawl through. <laughs> it was so <laughs> brutal, dude. But I was, but by the way, this was one of the best times of my life because I was like free and I was, I was living on a prayer and it was like, you know, it was exciting and I'm doing SEO and I'm doing it. Right. And anyway, so I remember I had about $800 left my bank and I was, I was closing up shop. I'm like, I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to move out of this garage back to my mom's. I was all sad. And somebody, somebody contacted me. And this is actually how I got really one of my first big case studies. Uh, this, this website was an affiliate website. It was called Our Sleep Guide. And they had like four visits a month off of Google for things around bed reviews. And they contacted me and they said, Chase, we want to get an audit. Um, of our website. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I got somebody who's interested, but I don't know if it's going to pan out. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, I can do it for, for like 50 bucks or whatever my, you know, I was doing like doing for so cheap back then. Even now I still do them for pretty cheap, but it's because it's like a great way to bring people in. And I remember even back then I didn't have the template that I have now. I just had a notepad and I would, I brought up the website. I was doing a live stream and I would, I would write out like one on the notepad, change your H1 tag, right? Super basic. And even then back then, Doug, I was like, dude, I'm such a pro. Like nobody understands. Like I'm just like <laughs> killing it. Right. And I remember they, they were like, okay, well, how do we start? And they, they sent me like, I was like, I remember I asked for, I think it was like, it was like a thousand dollars or something. And like at that time, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go big on this one. Right. Like a thousand bucks, which is funny. Cause I've been paid now. Like I've had projects that were like eight grand or, you know, for one month, I'm sure you've had like crazy, even crazier than that. But, um, you know, just back then it was like, oh, if, that, if I got paid, so they paid me a thousand or it was something like around that range. And I was like, oh, and I remember I had enough money for rent. And then for some reason, it was like a day later, somebody hit me up. They're like, hey, Chase, we need an audit. Because I was doing all these audit videos, Doug. I was like just doing only audit videos, telling people what's wrong with their website. But for some reason, they started taking off. And before you know it, I had $8,000 coming in to my bank. 
And I was like, what the heck just happened? It was like the beginning of the month. You know, I was about, I was like, like a week away from losing everything. And I got like 8,000 bucks. And I'm like, if, if God exists, it's, he's, he's there, right? Or she or whatever. And it's weird though. You know what happened, Doug, is I started making money and I started really getting distracted by the money. I remember it started becoming really easy for me. I'm sorry. I'm kind of going off a tangent. I don't know if you want me to keep going or. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. Like where you're going with it. I'll kind of end it at this last segment. So I started getting really good at making money and not really good, but like I started, it started becoming a lot easier than it was. Like I was going from making, I remember my first client when I left my, um, my job at the SEO agency, I was cold calling. I cold called like 15 different businesses one day, Doug. And it was all on YouTube too. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. <laughs> I would call them up and I'd say, Hey, I'm Chase and you need an SEO audit or something along those lines. And they'd be like, you know what? Never call this place again. Or they just hang up or whatever. Or like, what do you want? Like, who are you? And I'm like, well, I'm ranking number one for local SEO on YouTube. Like, you know, and they're like, we don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I got a client eventually off of a cold call. I met them in person. I went all the way to Starbucks. I had to drive like 40 minutes or no, it was like 30 minutes just to meet them. It was a free consultation. They were an acupuncturist. I'm like, you know, please let me sell you some SEO for 300 bucks. <laughs> and I got the $300. And I remember it was like a two month thing. They paid me the first month. They paid me the second month. I got them like ranking in the three pack on the maps. And they were like, we can't afford this anymore. And they left. And I've had actually a lot of situations like that where I've ranked people and I, that's a different story, but they just left. And so I'm like, dude, this sucks. And, and, and eventually I started getting good at finding out ways to keep people around and, and, and provide value and, and, and create expectations that I can deliver on. But yeah, once I started making a lot of money or uh, money, a lot of money in my eyes, uh, you know, I, I think I, for a while, I kind of lost sight of what I really was passionate about in the first place. And it's only till kind of recently, there's been different times in my career. And I'm sure this has kind of been the same from, from, for you, Doug. And I'm actually interested to hear your, your thoughts on this about um, your side. But uh, again, recently, I've started to kind of reignite my old passion. And I think a lot of it comes back to really kind of caring about your quality of work rather than your quantity of work. So. Yes. And uh, we, we were chatting off the record earlier and I have been definitely guilty of really pushing out a huge amount of content in various forms where the quality wasn't the number one thing. And I mean, I see the results of that in some ways. And I mean, when you get out of bed in the morning and you're thinking, you know, what, what the fuck am I doing? You know, <laughs> like that sort of thing, uh, that kind of, uh, I guess reaction kind of pulls you back and you're like, okay, like, what am I working on and why? Like, what should I focus on? Like, we can choose what we want to work on. We can choose the project. So we have to be careful that we don't end up making decisions for the wrong reason. Sort of one classic sort of area that I think you may get trapped into is uh, we get so much data from YouTube so much data, analytics, metrics, and you can make really weird decisions with all the data that you have there. <laughs> totally. It's too, it's really too much. And then, yeah, you could end up making videos about things you don't care about, things you're, you don't even know about. And luckily I, I haven't gone <laughs> that deep, but as I'm analyzing the data, I do see, uh, 
I'm falling in, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm falling for the trap there. So I got to recenter and that sort of thing. So you got your start in local SEO. And I think that's probably like your sweet spot, but you did mention you audit some affiliate sites and you have in the past, like, do you sort of only do local SEO or do you, can you tackle whatever people need you to tackle? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, if there's traffic, I, I know how to optimize it. And what I like to do is I really just like to focus on the conversions. A lot of the time you look at these websites that have thousand visits, 10,000 visits, whatever it is, but their tracking's all jacked up or they're only tracking like one thing. They're not tracking opt-ins or they don't care about opt-ins. They're like, you know, they have all these blog posts and there's, there, nobody's joining their emails. And, and so they're just hitting these websites and just bricking and falling off. And so I like to go in there and be like, hey, how can one, can we start tracking this stuff and actually track like, a, and, and make like kind of a funnel that makes sense for you, right? Like if, if somebody's going to be going to your website and you're only wor- worried about sales, then, you know, 1% of your traffic might actually convert if it's cold, right? If they know who you are, that's going to be higher. And maybe, you know, you could cold traffic, you can get higher conversion rates for sure. But yeah, I, I, I like, I just like data, like you were saying, you know, and you can definitely make weird... <laughs> especially with how the algorithms are these days, especially on YouTube, where it's like, oh, my video about making money for, you know, making beef jerky is doing way better. So I should just be doing videos about that and quit SEO. But (laughs) then you're like, wait, why does the algorithm, you know, that's a whole nother rabbit hole. But yeah, I, I, I prefer local because for me, you know, I really like doing SEO without links. I hate doing link building. And I found that local, I can absolutely just crush it on without doing a single link. With national, I like working with websites that already have authority. So for instance, I had um, this one client, uh, his name's Jeremy Ethier. I always have a hard time pronouncing his last name. He's a YouTube guy. He's got like 3 million subscribers. And he had a website called Built With Science. He still has it, obviously. And he wanted to rank for like bicep workouts and whatever else. And for me, you know, I was able to rank him for... Like I, I did some on-page stuff, did some click-through rate optimization, changed up the wording, the content, built some internal links. I'm sorry, my cord's a little bit off. And, uh, and, we were, and I was able to rank him for things like bicep workouts and full body workouts and um, whatever else. But he already had the traffic. He already had the authority. He already had the links, right? Um, if I'm working with a brand new website that's targeting national and it's like all we're doing is building blog posts, I'm not really that interested. Got it. So we won't even touch the link building stuff. <laughs> um, I, it, it's funny. I was just chatting with a, a buddy of mine and he's, he's going on like kind of a monster guest posting campaign and he's starting to rank for some pretty serious stuff. And then I have some other friends uh, just like you, Chase, who is like, I don't want to do link building. Like y- you have a strong network. Like you can reach out to your friends and buddies and say, Hey, I'm doing a thing. You know, you mind throwing me a link and, and it makes sense in this area or whatever. So with that out of the way, let's talk about content. So I think I want to get into sort of like starting a new site. And if you had the opportunity, it does, obviously you're auditing sites, so they're already in existence. But if someone is starting from scratch and if we could be agnostic about the, you know, the local aspect, is there a certain approach to the architecture of the site, keyword research, like, like where do you start? Hmm. Where would one start? 
And we're, are we talking about sites in general or, or like content on sites in general, or are we talking about a certain niche? Like, uh, I'm sorry, not niche, a certain um, targeting like national, local. Let's talk national and let's, um, you can make up an example if you have one handy. And then if, if you need to, we can also just say, all right, we'll just do local since I know that's your bread and butter. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, and are we talking about a site that already has established traffic or are we talking about a site that's like brand new? Let's say brand new. A lot of folks in my audience definitely they're they're just trying to figure figure it out, and then you know maybe they'll come back later and do more optimization. Yeah. So so one one thing that I did recently, um, not super recent, but recent in, in my terms, I built a gaming website. I was playing this game called Rust. I don't know if you've heard of it, um, but it's kind of like this. It's like an adult version of Minecraft. You walk around on this island and you fight other people with rocks until you gather enough stuff to create a bow. And then you can basically take their home from them. And it's, it's crazy. Um, I was having a lot of fun with it. And so I wanted to make a gaming website because I wanted to get traffic around and I wanted to be known for it. I actually had a YouTube channel. I got like a thousand something subscribers, a few hundred thousand views on it. And it started growing. I got this, this website, brand new website. Um, no link building, just started building, um, building content. But I realized, I'm like, okay, well, if I want to rank for thing, th- these keywords, I can't start like a gaming website that just goes for like all this other stuff. Um, like, you know, I'm not sure how many people in your audience know like other games, but there's things like Fortnite and, you know, Call of Duty and whatever else. And I'm like, I'm not going to build a website targeting all these keywords. I'm going to be very hyper focused on one specific category. And that's kind of what I try to do these days. It's part of the reason why I like focusing on local SEO and SEO audits more than anything else because it makes it really easy for me to get more reach and it makes it makes it easy for people to know who I am and, and, and so on and so on. And it's same thing with Google I've found. The more you can hyper-focus your category, um, the easier it is to rank for that thing. So that's what I did is I, I started looking at um, competitors. I used something like SEMrush or Ahrefs or whatever you use to extract data. I'm not really like, I'm not really like one or the other. I think as long as you can extract competitor data and see what keywords are ranking for, you're pretty much good to go. And uh, so what I would do is I'd pull top, the top pages that my competitors are using to rank. And I would not focus on the ones that aren't performing for them. Cause there's, you know, usually with websites, 80% of the traffic comes from the top you know, 20% of the pages, I would replicate those type of pages. I wouldn't directly copy them, but I would hand them to a copywriter and say, Hey, can you make something better than this? Um, While still talking about the similar thing. And so I started just taking, you know, 10 of the top pages from this competitor, 10 of the top pages from the other competitor and started putting them in the website. And before you know it, the the traffic started skyrocketing. And it was so funny because I was showing people, I'm like, dude, look, zero DA, zero PA or whatever the HRS metrics are. Um, People are like, how are you doing that? And it's like, well, you know, look, the, the, the category is not very competitive. It's very, very specific. Not a lot of people know about this game. And I think one thing you need to realize with content is you have different types of queries, right? You have um, service-based, you have product-based, you have navigational, you have info-based. And generally when you're starting out, you know, you want to go for those info-based keywords, things like how to do something with X, right? Like how do I build a house in Rust or how do I, you know, kill another person with a rock or something, right? And those things start to compile and you get more and more relevancy naturally and you start to gain rankings for your your more general keywords, just like Rust guide or something, right? But the, the, the shorter term you go, like the, the, the more general you go with the keywords, generally you're going for more commercial keywords that are very highly competitive. People are willing to spend a lot of money on them because they have high commercial value. So um, that's what I would recommend recommend for sure. And that's what I did for my own website, which is 
you know, focus on, on finding people within your sort of niche. And what I mean by niche is not like people that like, for instance, if I wanted to go for local SEO, or if I want to rank for something locally, I'm not going to go start extracting, you know, Yelp's pages. Cause that's not a good, that, I'm not trying to be Yelp, but I would start trying to find other people that are, are like me where my site could be in like a year. I know my site's not going to be like Yelp in a year or ever. So I'm not going to use them as a way to compare my stuff to other stuff to their stuff. A lot of the times these people will end up ranking on these sites because they have so much authority and they can just throw up like a one page, you know, thing for an area and have it completely duplicated, but they still rank just because they have such good authority. We're not trying to go for that. We're trying to find ways to, you know, unless you're like, you know, unless you're a pro at link building, which I don't really know anything about. I don't know if you can just, you know, build a page and point a million links to it and then it ranks and it, you know, whatever, you just build your authority like that. But my way of doing it, or at least our way of doing it on the YouTube channel that I have um, and the people who follow me, we usually try to stick to that kind of outline. Got it. So very low competition, kind of ultra long tail, informational uh, in nature most of the time. Of course, if you're if it's an affiliate site and you have to review products, then you would do that. So that totally makes sense. And as far as uh, like silos or content clusters and the ideas of interlinking, can you talk about your approach with that? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not really like, I think when people ask me this kind of question, which I get a lot, they, they think that I'm going to say something really intricate and like detailed, but for the most part, I'm just finding valuable pages that I know perform well. And I'm, and I'm, I'm mentioning those things, at least with internal links. And then obviously making sure the anchors don't say click here. They're saying something that's actually about that thing that I'm trying to rank for, Um, especially on a local level. What I'll do is like the homepage is the most valuable page. So what I'm going to do on every single service page or every single, you know, relevant area page is link back to the homepage and say, here at Web Design Santa Barbara, and then boom, internal anchor Web Design Santa Barbara. I'm not going to say click here. I'm going to put the anchor, the internal link, the most important internal links towards the top. Obviously, if you can put some external links in there, helps improve the relevancy of the post. Um, but in, in terms of like content silos and how you would end up, you know, internally linking to different, you know, uh, pieces of content that would probably be in the same bucket. Again, whatever those important things are, especially, let me just bring it back to local again, because I know local better than I know national. Um, with local, you know, you got your main keyword, like let's say it's web design Santa Barbara, and then you have your two other sub main keywords, which is like maybe SEO and graphic design or something, you know, whatever those two kind of relevant other keywords are. Those are the things I'm going to be linking to the most because there's all the ones that are going to convert. And I'm going to make sure that I have a call to action above the fold so people don't have to scroll. Um, on my most valuable pages because I know that that's where they're going to convert. And then I just focus on driving traffic to those pages and, and improving the conversion rates as much as I can. In terms of content styling for how you would actually build your content for a silo, that one's a little bit more tough. And I'm sure you probably could speak on this way better than I could, Doug. But I think, like I said, I think what, what works the best from what I found is just finding what is working for competitors and building content based on, so you have your authority, right? You have how much authority you have on your website, which means if you don't have a lot of authority, then you want to build a bunch of content based on who has similar authority, like what they're building. And what I generally do is I just try to replicate as much as possible what the people nearest to me are doing 
and what their silos look like. So if they have, you know, five blog posts about, you know, a beginner's guide, or for instance, one thing that um, I'm sort of replicating from Moz right now is, um, you know, they got this huge SEO guide. And the way they have it is they have six or seven different pieces of content around their main topic, which is SEO guide. And they're kind of siloing it all be, you know, throughout, like they're linking to the other posts. And, uh, and so my, my content, I'm trying to format it in video form right now. And I'm trying to replicate what they're doing, which is already working. I know it's working for them, but on my own stuff. Um, I'm a big believer that like everything that's pretty much already said or everything that needs to be said is already said on the internet. So I'm just going to like go and do what I already know works versus like trying to reinvent the wheel. I want to take what works and then just try to improve upon it. Got it. I, yeah, I get, I get a similar question all the time too. And it's really easy to overcomplicate siloing. And again, one thing that can happen, I, well, I, I did this where I tried to set up a silo and then I ended up with like a terrible URL structure and it just kind of was a mess. And I kind of painted myself in the corner because you sometimes don't know where the content's going to go on a site. And I didn't know what I was doing. So I'm actually going through a content audit on Niche Site Project, my marketing blog, where I did a really terrible job at SEO, to be honest with you. <laughs> and I just published a lot of, you know, kind of blog posts that maybe weren't targeting a keyword at all. So <laughs> at, this, yeah. at this point, like I have published a ton, I, I tried to do some interlinking to, uh, you know, make sure there's no orphan pages and provide some some context, anchor text and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, what I have done is I realized, hey, from a logical standpoint, this pocket of content would make a great silo. So I I literally like had a bunch of blog posts published and then I, I sort of re-architected it and kind of, it makes a lot more sense to the reader. It makes more sense to Google, I imagine, but then it's easier for someone to consume and just read it. So a lot of times I just like, I'll step back and I'm like, how would I like to see this content organized and how would I expect to have it interlinked? And I've looked at that Moz guide as well. And if people want an example, it's a great one where you, you have a, you know, rich hierarchy, it's linking where it makes sense. It's not overlinked. And yeah, I mean, it's a great piece of content overall. So, and, and you, you were saying you're, you're sort of recreating that. And um, I guess what, what's the plan? What's the project that you're working on with that? Yeah. So I kind of been looking at like TikTok, and that's something I definitely want to get into as well, you know, as a discussion, if you want to get into that in a, in a little bit, but I've been looking at TikTok and kind of the stuff on YouTube. And I've been finding that short form content is just like extremely valuable right now. There's so much content on the internet right now that's, you know, hour long, 20 minutes long, 10 minutes long. And people really want to start seeing, you know, the one minute video or the three minute video. And I was like, well, what if I took, you know, whatever's best on, on the internet right now in terms of SEO, which is like, you know, that Moz guide is one of the things that's ranking really well on Google. And what if instead of me, you know, making like a guide, like everybody else makes and writing it all out and hiring content writers and spending all this money and whatever else, what if I just took all of the most important points out of that guide, threw it into a checklist, added my own points in there as well. But with every single thing in there, I put like a one to five minute video, start uploading them all to my channel. 
So what I'm doing here is one is I'm, I'm taking all these you know videos and publishing on the channel. I'm hoping that people are going to pick up the spreadsheet. I get about 50 to 100 people per day picking up the spreadsheet, going into the checklist, trying to learn SEO, clicking on these different things. And hopefully all that engagement is going to help those videos reach more people. But I'm also going and making a, a blog post where I'm transcribing each of the one to five minute videos, putting them into, um, into the blog, just like how Moz has it, you know, SEO basics. But with each one, there's a one to five minute video. And to me, I think that's way more valuable than, you know, especially if I was new than just reading a guide, I'd rather actually go and see what to click on. You know, what is, what is the premise or have somebody explain it to me? And, and that's kind of what, you know, my theory is, I'm not sure whether it's right or not, but it's just something I'm trying out. And you said you're getting like 50 to hundred people um, checking out or subscribing to your email list to get the checklist. Is that Right. Yeah. So if you go on my homepage, it just says, get the free SEO checklist and they put their email in and then they get the checklist, which has all those videos. I'm adding about, I'm trying to add about 30 videos every like day or two. It takes a while, but there's all kinds of other stuff in there, like the tools I use and whatever else. I'm just trying to make like the ultimate opt-in because I'm, I'm thinking about like, what would be the thing that I could have used or like, what would be the thing that would have made me, you know, go from zero to a hundred, like as fast as possible in SEO. And, and so I'm trying to make that checklist the thing I would have given myself. Man, that sounds huge. And you said, <laughs> how many videos every day or two? Did you say 20 or 30? Is that what you Yeah, so I'm at, I'm at like 45 videos right now in the like last couple of days. I'm doing about, I think I'm averaging about like 15 a day, but they're like one to five minutes. They just get exhausting because you're like trying to explain everything and then you have to like make sure everything you're saying is like factually true. Like I have to go and Google it first, but like, all right, like do I have the exact definition of crawl budget or am I going to like kind of wing it a little bit and I don't want to wing it. So sometimes I have to like re, you know, redo the videos or, you know, but I, I want to do them all stand up where it's like me just talking to the camera and it's like the green screen, but I'm like, dude, this is going to take me forever. And I would rather just help as many people as fast as I can. So I've just been doing screen records. I don't even show my face anymore. I know a lot of people like, for whatever reason, seeing my face on videos, but I just think it, I just think it kind of takes away from the learning process. Like when I started, I was watching videos that didn't have anybody's face. And it, it, I don't think it's really important. I think I just want to show people the over the shoulder, how to do it straight to the point. I don't want to waste people's time. Um, you know, the, the internet is full of content these days and I don't, you know, I'm tired of looking like everybody else's content. Um, I found so many people just have like some talking face and they're just talking to a camera and they're giving your five tips on whatever. Um, and it's all edited and whatever else. And I'm just like, you know, for me, I just want to give people the best stuff I have. And, you know, if it does well now, or if it does well later, whatever, but, um, I'm tired of playing the algorithm game where it's just constantly like how I made $500 making beef jerky and like, and then, you know, it's like, I did SEO and this is what SEO is and what is SEO? And it's like, I don't want to play that game anymore, Doug. I hear that. It's funny. I have a note here to make a video on how to make $500 a month, <laughs> four steps. So, nice. and it, you know, funny behind the scenes, uh, that was one of the videos that I made like way back that actually was terrible. It was really terrible. And I'm, I'm much better on camera now. I mean, it was like three years ago. So I'm, I'm much better now. But I, unfortunately, like that video has like dwindled in views. And I'm like, I need one of those out there. So sadly, I'm going to have to put up one of those damn videos you were just talking about. But uh, <laughs> back, back to, I, I think it's a awesome idea because it's a, it's a zag when a lot of people are zigging right now. And, you know, the, 
length of the videos, depending on the topic, can be really long. And, and everyone's like, hey, big intro. Like they're taking a long time to get to the point and they can just get to it. So one to five minutes will be kind of like the way things were on YouTube a few years back. So it sounds like you're in the early stages. Do you have any data yet showing that this is working? What's the trend look like? YouTube, it's still kind of like hit or miss. I don't really have anything that's awesome with YouTube. I, I think like you were saying, you know, as soon as I start talking about making money and I'm like, you know, how I make $297 with Screaming Frog or some sort of tool or some sort of hack, it's like just instant viral or not viral, but it'll get like 4,000 views in a couple of days. And then as soon as I'm like, you know, doing something helpful, like making a complete guide on something or sometimes the complete guides do well, but if I don't make it about the money or whatever, and I'm just kind of doing short form, short form content or long form, whatever, it's usually about kind of the same. However, with TikTok, short form content, anything under 15 seconds, it's like nuts with um, Instagram, same thing. I'll take the stuff from TikTok, post it over on Instagram, just explodes. It's like fire. And then, you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, kind of the same thing, a little bit different. Um, one thing I will say that's working really well right now, Doug, that you should um, look into is polls. If you do a YouTube poll right now, you can get like 300 to 400 votes on it, like in a day. And for some reason, polls are just like the algorithm doesn't like want to restrict you from reaching your audience like it does on other things. But with polls, it, it's just like, you know, it, it works really, really well. So you could do a poll a day and, and be putting links and whatever you want in there. And you'll be hitting all kinds of people of your audience that you wouldn't normally do. You know, if you get like, if for instance, you know, we got thousands of subscribers, but some of our videos will get like 400 views where with yeah. polls, you'll get like, you know, thousands and thousands of impressions on it. They don't tell you what they are, but I'm assuming that's how many people are seeing it first because of how many people are actually voting on it. No kidding. I, I'll do that when we finish up here. So let's move into the TikTok stuff. And you inspired me to get on TikTok and actually post stuff instead of just, you know, I mean, this shit that it suggests to me. Oh, sorry. I don't know if we can cuss on the live stream on your channel, but. Oh, it's cool. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the worst part about TikTok is it knows what you want to see and it's sickening at the videos that that are showing up in my feed here, but you're doing awesome with it. You were telling me some of your stats. Can you, I guess, let everyone know what kind of visibility and kind of reach you're getting over there? Yeah. So actually in the last about 30 days, I have about 5 million views right now. I'm not, I'm not making that up. I can actually bring up the stats on it. So it's just crazy how many, you know, I got, I got almost, I think I have more subscribers right now in a month on TikTok than I do on YouTube in six years. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> But, you know, the traffic's kind of odd, you know, it doesn't really like, it's not, you know, you look at the traffic, you're like, oh, so many views. It's so awesome. Look at this. 28 days. I don't know if you can see this. It's got to focus on my face or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's all white. Yeah, it's a little bright. Yeah. I, I swear it's five, is it here. I just put on a, I just put on the white screen so you guys can't actually see it. It says 5 million. I swear the traffic you get, you don't really get a ton of, tr you, you don't get a lot of like clicks to your website from it because a lot of people are just watching it and then they're scrolling. So what I found is what you want to do is like every seven videos or so, then you put like an opt-in. So you're like, you know, on the eighth video, since you have all this momentum, Hey guys, go check out the SEO checklist. Like it's super cool, but you do sort of the same layout and all that momentum, you probably get less, I, I get less views on those videos, but I'll, I'll usually put it up for like a couple days or something kind of just as a promo pull like 10, 20,000 views on it, but then I'll get like thousands of clicks into the checklist or whatever my opt-in is. 
so back into TikTok and you you were telling us that every seventh video or so you'll give like a call to action, tell people, hey, like go to the website and then you'll get some more interaction. So as far as the the content, are you like do we need to do hashtags? Like how are people getting to see your video? Yeah. So I think hashtags, and by the way, I've only tried the opt-in thing, like, I think like once or twice. First time I did it, I wound up getting like 130,000 views on my checklist. I wound up getting, I think it was like 13,000 clicks into the checklist. But for the other one, I think I only got like 10,000 views. I wound up taking it down. So what I actually do is if my video doesn't do as well as my other videos, because some of my videos will get like the last couple of videos I did were like 200,000, 300,000 views. Um, and then the one that I just lasted was 21,000. So I'm going to end up actually taking that down. What happens is people will watch one of your videos and then they'll watch another one and then they'll watch another one. Cause it's like the way they scroll, um, the more they watch, the more they keep going. So one person could end up equaling like 30 views for you basically. So I don't want my, I don't want people going and watching one and then, you know, dropping off because they saw another one that they didn't really like. But yeah. So as far as, um, what was, wait, what was the initial question? Uh, around hashtags or how, oh, yeah. how do people see your videos? Yeah. So as far as hashtags, I don't think hashtags are necessary like on any platform anymore. I actually think it's funny on certain platforms, people will do like on their Facebook page, they'll do like hashtag SEO or something. And I'm like, dude, nobody's, nobody's looking up hashtag SEO on Facebook. But yeah, I think like, I think with like Instagram and, and TikTok, I, what I do is I just post a video. I think emojis work really well, even in emails too, like in email subject lines, if you put an emoji in it, I found the click through rate goes way up. So what I'll do on my TikToks is I'll do, um, I'll do text with an emoji, like over the video. So like when they're watching it, there's just says like something crazy, like, um, usually something that'll surprise them like, oh, this robot knows who you are or something like that. And then in the text, I'll say something similar. I'll basically just say the same thing I put in the video and it'll say how to know if a robot is watching you. And then I'll put like an emoji in there and it'll just be like, you know, the scared guy emoji or whatever. And for me, that formula has worked really well. Um, what I found by the way with TikToks and, and it's funny because I think a lot of people, they're like, they'll do their TikTok and I'll have, I'll have TikToks that I do that I'll redo like 20 times, like just one scene. I'll be like, here's um, a robot that's watching you. And then I'll be like, oh, shoot, it cut off too early. Because then you'll watch the video. I'll be like, here's a robot that's watching you. And like that, right? So you don't want your TikToks, even though they're 15 seconds and it doesn't really matter that much, it actually does. Like you don't want your voice being cut off or the or the one of the clips to um, unnecessarily drag on a little bit longer. So like, here's a robot that watches you. And then it sees like me kind of zooming out as I'm going to the next clip. You don't want that either. So you want to be really like precise and you want, you want it to be like information that's quick and actionable. And what I found is the three-step formula that I, that works for me is I will identify a problem that somebody might have that they don't probably know about. So like, for instance, your website might be leaking all of your information. And then I'll, I'll show them how that's happening. So identify the issue, demonstrate. So show how it's actually affecting them. This tool shows you that your information is right here and then how to fix it. All you have to do is click this button and you're good. And that's basically what I do for every single one of my TikToks and what I do on my Instagram and, and every single, almost every single time the videos do well. I'll give you a, a breakdown of some ideas that I actually, what I'll do is um, because I'm, I constantly have to get, come up with new ideas. 
um, I'll just write them down as they come to me and I'll think of like different ways to show people things that they probably didn't already know. So one of them is, you know, apps that, and this is just like something that came into my head. So like um, an app that businesses will probably will use to look at your social media history. So that would freak people out, right? If, if you were trying to apply for a job and, you know, an app's going to look and see what you posted on social media last week that you deleted or the Wayback machine, you know, you can use it to look at something like that somebody posted on their website a while ago. And so what, I, what I'm trying to do is I'm coming up with ideas for like showing people things that they probably didn't even know was possible. And a lot of the time, Doug, I don't even know if it's possible. I'll just be like, hey, I wonder if you could, I wonder if a robot could write content for you or something and I'll write it down. And then what I'll do is I'll usually spend about two minutes looking up tools or something or hacks for something like um, what tool let you auto-generate content and I'll find something cool and then I'll do a video about it. And I'll say this tool or this hack or whatever does this thing for you. Here's how it works. Here's how you do it. And that's it. Um, I try to post once a day. And I found that if you stop posting as much, if you, if you post once a day and then you start posting like once every three days, your views actually go down. So you want to stay consistent as much as possible. And if a video doesn't perform well, then I would just delete it and just try to go for a new one. Just do the best of the best. Okay. Are you following any specific guide or any other person or how, how did you come up with your three-part formula and, and the success that you're having? I mean, that's a lot of views and people could check out your, your, your feed over there. There's not a ton of videos. It really is, you know, well curated and it's the, the big winners. Yeah, I've actually deleted a lot of videos and some of my videos actually get removed because I, um, I'll say things that people don't like. And unfortunately, if you go viral on that platform, what happens is a bunch of people will report you in a certain time frame, and then the video gets removed. So even if I say something that's like, let's say I say something that one of my videos gets only like 20,000 views in the first like day. And then I say the same thing that a video with that 200,000 views gets, you know, they, that same video, basically the same thing that I say gets 200,000 views in a day. And maybe it's just how I frame it differently or I do a different hook or whatever. The funny thing is, is because I get so many views, people end up reporting it if it even looks remotely like on the line of sketchy. So if I like say, oh, this robot uses uh, technology to, to talk to you on Instagram, people might be like, oh, he's a hacker and then, and then report it. So that's actually kind of the reason why I started getting videos removed. And then what, I, what I've been doing now is I'm like, how to tell if a robot is talking to you and then like how to avoid it. So I'm still teaching people how to do it, but it's more like how to actually like to know if it's happening rather than how to do it. <laughs> um, even though I'm still showing them the app to do it with and whatever, but I'm not framing it. Like I'm, I'm telling them to do it in a way. You are earning money from different areas and you have a diverse sales funnel and there's different areas that, you know, you could get people over to, to make, these TikTok viewers like worthwhile. And it, it sounds like it's a fun thing to work on, but how does that fit into your funnel or have you figured that out yet? Because, you know, on TikTok, it's going to be a little tough to get them off of the platform. And then it's going to be maybe a little tough to target. I'm not really sure, but yeah, where, where does this fit in the funnel for you? Yeah. So it kind of doesn't. And that's the unfortunate thing is like, I've been thinking about just doing only SEO videos and being like, well, you know, I'm not going to get as many views, but at least all people will know me for SEO and it's consistent. But then I'm like, dude, I'm getting so many views over here that I don't really want to do that. I want to keep it going. And, and it's weird because I have like, I have like two sides of what I've been doing. And it, it's almost like you have to play to each algorithm. Cause if I, 
It's so confusing, dude. Like with SEO on YouTube, as soon as I start talking about SEO, it does really well. If I start talking about like automation, like I do on TikTok, it does terrible and vice versa. So it's kind of, it's weird because I think there's different audiences on both. And I think the algorithms kind of promote different types of content. I'm in this weird in-between stage right now, Doug, where I doing SEO stuff on YouTube, but I'm like playing to hopefully the future me on TikTok and wherever else that's trending where it's like, okay, well maybe once I really solidify this SEO stuff and you know, I get all the, my checklist super dialed in and I do all the stuff that I, you know, I kind of promised myself I would do for SEO. Then maybe I can start really kind of going more into the automation. And I know some people are like, well, why not just going to go into it right now? And I think really for me, it's like, I just want to really finish this SEO project or product, this SEO checklist. And I think from there, I feel like I can move on, but I don't even know if that's true or not, to be honest with you, Doug. Well, and you know, we were chatting pretty decent amount before we started recording. And one of those topics was we can do things like we have some options now, but like both of us individually and maybe there will be an opportunity. Certainly there will be some opportunity because you're trying and learning and you are building an audience in this other area. And we don't know what it is yet. It may be six months and maybe like 18 months before you kind of figure it out. But I mean, you may end up amassing like a huge <laughs> sort of audience over there and then you could figure it out later. Now, the other part is like, from a business standpoint, it usually is a really good idea to know how you're going to make money <laughs> from like the thing you're doing. But again, like you've put in the reps and the hours. So you have a lot of options on how you can spend your time. And this is just a, maybe like a little experimental zone. So I don't know how it fits in the funnel either, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to do more experiments with TikTok too. Like I want to end up maybe making another account. And, and I think I'm just like, so like perfectionist. It's weird. Like with a lot of things, I'm not really perfectionist by nature. I kind of like, will find something and move on to the next. But with this TikTok thing, I don't know. It's like this weird thing where I just want the account to be perfect. And I, I think it kind of limits my ability to do new things. So, I mean, maybe just like, even after this conversation, like you've convinced me, Doug, to like do a new account and just experiment. Maybe if it, maybe it'll work for SEO too. It's crazy. Yeah. And I, I was, I was struggling trying to figure out like what to put, I, I watched your videos and I was trying to figure out like, well, I, I don't even, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know those things. So I was trying to right. stay in my wheelhouse and just talk about that stuff, which is, I mean, I'm probably not going to get millions of views in the SEO and marketing and that kind of area. But kind of to your point, again, it's like, if you hit make $10,000 a month doing blah, blah, blah in your pajamas, then people want to watch that sort of thing. And unfortunately it's like clickbaity and terrible, but it, you know, it gets the views and it's interesting. So I may have to look at it like that, but yeah, it's the, it's the whole trade-off, you know, it's like, do you want to play the game of the algorithm or do you want to play the game of the interest? And for me, it's like, lately, you know, I've lost a lot of um, sales and views because I'm not playing the algorithm game right now. And I, you know, I, I part of me wants to, I, mean, I definitely am with TikTok because it's more like an experiment, but with like YouTube, I just like, I remember I looked at my, my views today 
and it's, or not my views, my subscribers is like, it went from like, I think last month I had like got 1300 or 1400 new subscribers to like, now I'm getting like 700. God, that kind of feels bad, but you know, at least for me, I don't want to be a slave to the algorithm. I'd rather just do what, you know, what I, what I enjoy. And I started reading the, uh, the, the four hour work week. I have never, I, everybody's always talked about it and I've never read it. And I'm like, shoot, I'll, I'll freaking read it. I got it off of Amazon. It, it shipped here, started reading it. And I'm like, dude, this is awesome. And it's all about, you know, I mean, you've read it, right? The, yep. Yeah. So it's all about like maximizing your, your time and, or, you know, not spending your time on low value tasks. And I've always kind of known that, but I was like, wait, why am I even work? Like, why am I even in my, on my computer all day, every day? Like, is it something I even enjoy? And I'm like, not really. I don't really like spending this much time on the computer. And like, even right now, you know, after this, I'm going to go to the pool and I'm not, you know, I don't know. It's like, I think it all just comes down to your values and how are you happy with where you're at? Like, do you need more money? Do you need more views? Like what is the thing that you need to be happier or at least what, what you feel like is going to make you the best. And, and to me, it's like getting 4,000 views versus 800 views. You know, it doesn't really make me feel that much better. I feel a lot better just like going out and doing things and being happy. And like, you know, I don't know, like, I don't know, man. I, I think it comes down to the end of the day, like the, the, sort of like your philosophy on life. And, and I'm just kind of tired of like playing the, the rat race game or not the rat race, the, uh, you know what I'm saying? The, the algorithm game. Yep. Yeah. And it, that's really well said. I think you took words out of my mouth. I often say, I'm not doing this to sit in front of the computer longer. I want to go outside, enjoy the, uh, you know, the nice weather, go hiking, spend time with friends, family, the things that actually make us happy versus, you know, getting more views. And yeah, at the end of the day, it's like 800 views or 8,000 views. Like it, you know, really doesn't matter too much. You know, we're, we're in fortunate position, so we can both acknowledge that for sure. So, well, I think we should probably wrap it up. I would love to have you back on Chase and talk, you know, maybe about the agency, like sort of the, the rise and why that didn't work out for you. I know I've, I realized I would never want to run an agency and have clients and, and a big team and stuff like that. So yeah, this has been awesome. Where can people check out your stuff and hopefully get your SEO checklist? Yeah. So it's just chaserunner.com. There'll be a little button that says grab the free checklist. Awesome. We'll send everybody there. Really appreciate it, man. Thanks, man. It's good talking to you. Thanks again to Chase and be sure to check out his website so you can sign up for his email list and get that checklist if you are interested. And of course, his YouTube channel, tons of videos. And I think at this point in time, he goes live all the time. Pretty cool stuff. And I think that's it for today. So we'll catch you on the next episode. Mm -hmm.